Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of the Stardom Cast is sponsored by Puro TV. Your one-stop shop for all your Puro DVD needs. From Stardom to New Japan, from All Japan to Ice Ribbon, as well as incredible box sets documenting the best matches of your favorite Japanese wrestling icons, Puro TV has it covered with new items added every week. And now, as a special gift to listeners of the Stardom Cast, Puro TV are offering 10% off. Simply go to puro-tv.com, use the promo code STARDOMCAST at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the code STARDOMCAST to receive 10% off your entire order. The link to their website is in the podcast description. And now, on with the episode. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring. Stardom, I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined as ever by independent wrestling's Matt Turner. Matt, how are you on the 1st of March, good sir? I am fantastic, my friend. And apologies to you and all of our fantastic listeners. Because I don't know if you can tell, I'm at the tail end of a little bit of a cold. So if I'm not sounding my best, I apologize. But other than that, brother... I'm fantastic. It's a beautiful March day here in northeastern Pennsylvania, and uh, really excited to talk about uh, what we're going to be talking about today. And excited for the we've got a lot of cool entertainment coming up this week. We have the UFC show, the AEW show, and most importantly, the uh, the Stardom show. So uh, we're going from one phenomenal week weekend for me to the other. So uh, really exciting things, my friend. How's everything with you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, of course, just to piggyback on what you've said, in terms of wrestling, we've got loads of stuff going on at the moment. Like, perhaps one of my favorite things is the return of Ring of Honor TV, which, of course, returns on Thursday. So if you're patrons today, as you're listening, if you're uh, listening on the free feed yesterday. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's nice to see Ring of Honor back as well, on top of everything else. If you're a Dragon Gate fan, I know it's the end of the Tag League and all sorts in terms of the world of wrestling. It never stops. Um, in terms of me, I'm I'm good, man. Um, I was saying to you up there, today's my last day in the teaching profession. I've officially changed careers. Um, I start my new nut job on Monday, so it's been... It's been a bittersweet day today. Um, obviously, I work in a high school, so uh, I don't get... You, 
when you work in a primary school, um, elementary school, I believe um, our fans in America call it, um, you tend to get quite a lot of presents from children. And uh, it's lovely. It's not why we get into the job, but it's, it's lovely. And I'll be honest, I expected absolutely nothing today because some of my classes are miserable as sin. Um, but one of my classes that is, you know, you've got the proper rough, you know, hardcore lads in there. And uh, they were devastated, and I got chocolates from them and stuff like that. So that was really nice. Um, one class didn't care, and I'll be honest, I'm glad to see the back of them. Um, but every teacher has that. Every teacher has those classes, and any teacher that says, uh, oh, yeah, every day's every day's fantastic. They haven't been a teacher for long enough. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like, you know, I'm going to miss the kids because um, uh, that's why we all get into teaching. Um, and I've said this to quite a few people. I'll miss the kids because they are fantastic, bizarre and odd, but overarchingly fantastic. Um, but I will not miss in the slightest everything that goes along with teaching that hinders you from doing your job. Um, anyone, I don't I don't know if we've got any teachers who listen to this podcast, but if you are, you are an absolute superhuman um, and I respect the hell out of you. So, uh, yeah, it's like I say, a bittersweet day today. Um, in, in regards to the weather, it's England in March, so it is absolutely hammering it down outside. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a good day, my friend. Uh, I didn't know you were suffering with a cold. Yeah, just it just been not, uh, pretty much between two weeks ago was catch camp, uh, and then uh, basically leading up to this week with the wedding and my poor best friend. Every day, it's a phone call or a text. There's a new a new bump in the road, a new this, a new that, and they're like, we're just gonna throw everything on you. Uh, because we know you can handle I'm like yep absolutely that's what I'm here for so it was just a just a constant non-stop going uh, and of course I didn't well I took yesterday off work because as I was leaving the gym uh, I, an ice storm hit and I'm like yeah you know what I'm gonna take the day off work I already got my gym in and I, I'm already up at 6 30 in the morning so I'm gonna watch a whole bunch of Momo Watanabe matches uh, for the Patreon so that's what I did but uh, yeah I really haven't taken really a day to myself really except for yesterday and it's very rare Rob for me to get any sort of sickness just because I'm constantly a hundred percent always going, going, going. I'm very uh, aware of like what I'm putting in my body as far as like vitamins and whatnot. So uh, by no means was this cold put me down, you know, for any day where I couldn't get out of bed. It's just been just a little annoying, a little bit with the sniffles, a little bit of coughing here and there, but uh, yeah, nothing that'll keep the good Matt Turner down there, sir. So, uh, but no, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing super duper. I mean, knowing you as I do and knowing your typical daytime routine, this could well be your body just going, right, you need to take just a little <laughs> bit of a break, Matt. Like, you know, you text me before and I'll look at my phone and it's only 10 o'clock in England. So I'm like, it's like half past four. What is he doing awake? I mean, I'll be honest, I was 25 before I even realized that was a half past four in the morning. Um, but yeah, so maybe maybe you just need to start slowing down, brother. Yeah. Well, like I said, I took yesterday off and then just because I, I acquire so many days uh, from work because I've been at my job 11 years and I rolled over so many days that I, I have to start using them. So I have a half day tomorrow and a half day Friday. Today's my final full day of the week. And then obviously tomorrow, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Tomorrow we do have our interview with Alice in Danger. So it's going to kind of be just maybe taking a little bit easy uh, this week. And I don't have anything really going on Saturday other than the stardom show. And then I believe we're recording our uh our alternate commentary so but yeah you might be right might be my body saying all right buddy let's just let's pull back a little considering the fact of how just blistering the last 10 11 days in a good way you know have been for me like i said between uh catch camp and then uh gearing up for my buddy's wedding and then you know everything 
going on with that. But yeah, you uh you might be right there, sir. You you might be right. Might be my body saying uh, you know, load up on the vitamin C. And uh, of course now we have both seen Ant-Man, the Wasp and quant- and the Quantum Realm, Quantum Mania, I can't remember what it's called. Is it just called Quantum Mania? It's just Hold called- on, I'm going to do my I'm going to do my quantum mania, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously if you, we're not going to spoil it for you, obviously um, we're not like that, but uh, I personally, Matt, think this is the best one um, aside from Spider-Man since um, the last two Avengers films. I think this is, you know, it introduces that big villain. Um, I think it's the most cohesive film that they yeah have have released since the uh infinity wars and endgame saga yeah i mean you probably liked it a little bit better than me because i liked uh thor i mean i still i i loved all the marvel movies they, literally i think like the worst one for me is incredible hulk and on a scale of a plus to f minus that's like an a minus for me but i like thor loved and thunder maybe a little bit better than this one just because it's based off jason aaron's uh thor run which is one of my favorite comic runs ever from doesn't matter if it's marvel dc or independent but uh, it it blows me away that everybody I talk to absolutely love this movie. Where like Rotten Tomatoes has it like forty eight percent, but the audience score is it's like close to ninety. So it's like just go enjoy it. That's what it was. Like I know some people were like, "Man, it's kind of weird." And it really, I mean, it's the quantum realm. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? It is. <laughs> there was some weird like drink the ooze and the guy with the holes and the guy. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but like my only like little concern going into this movie was because like watching the trailers it just looks really dark and it's paul rudd and it's paul rudd as ant-man so it's like where's the comedy gonna come in and you get hit with that comedy quite a bit and it's like absolutely perfect like oh there it is there's lovable paul rudd there's lovable scott lang but yeah man i i'm glad you really i know we didn't get a chance to talk about it i'm glad you really really enjoyed it i loved it and uh yeah for the marvel fans that have been crying and complaining that we haven't had anything set up in the last three or four years. You know, first of all, calm down. They know what they're doing over at Marvel. All these movies are making billions of dollars. And uh, this one really sets up like the next like four or five years of what they're going to do in the MCU. So, yeah, I'm super, super excited. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, like I say, I absolutely loved it. Uh, Kang is a huge favorite of mine anyway. You mentioned, you mentioned Thor Love and Thunder. It did introduce uh, the two goats who, uh, of course, are perhaps the greatest characters in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think I've laughed so much at two just... It's just them screaming for at least 60% of the film, and honestly, I've, I've, I was crying at points laughing at that. So, uh, yeah, I do know what you mean. I, do, I did prefer Ant-Man slightly, but I think that's just because of... Uh, the big story beats that it introduced in uh, in terms of Kang and the things like that as we head towards the next set of Avenger films. However, let's... Did you, uh, real, real quick, buddy, this will, be the segue, this will be the segue to talk about stardom. Do you know who did the voices of the Annoying Goats? <laughs> You're going to say Nene Takahashi. Siri and Nene Takahashi, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just sound bites. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, good, for the, good for them getting that Marvel paycheck. <laughs> well, we got Mercedes Monet doing uh, Star Wars. Why not have Nene Takahashi <laughs> and Siri as uh, central linchpin figures of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I um, love it. What, what a segue, man. What a segue. Um, uh, let's talk about the Patreon then. Before we delve into to uh, all the things that we are going to talk about today. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what is coming up on the Patreon this week, Matt. Take it away. 
this Monday, we dropped a double dose on you. Uh, we had Rob and I doing alternate commentary to Mayu, Mayu Iwatani teaming with Kagetsu, which still feels weird to say, <laughs> taking on the team of Momo Watanabe and Jungle Kiona. And by the way, Jungle Kiona, please get well soon. I believe she has knee surgery once again on that knee that she's having problems with, I believe, this week, or she's already had it. Regardless, get well, Jungle. Absolutely had a, a ball doing that match with you, and it was just crazy how good Momo and Jungle gelled so well together we also dropped for the white belt tier patreon Kyrie hojo versus eo shirai rivalry review and uh speaking of reviews that's getting a ton of love over on social media a lot of tweet uh tweets retweets a lot of dms a lot of on our facebook page a lot of uh likes and shares and whatnot so uh people love the eo shirai and Kyrie almost as much as we do so that those dropped on Monday and that ended rivalry month. So yes, like you said earlier, my friend, we are in March as we're recording this. It is March 1st. We have Momo March madness. And we have, as far as the voting goes, the voting closed a few days ago. So I'll be doing for the white and red belt tier Patreon members, every single Momo wants 2021 five-star grand prix match. I'll be reviewing that. And, like I said, I was a little bit of an ice storm yesterday, so I'm about five matches in already on that. And then at the end of the month will be Momo's 2018 Cinderella win. And then coming up this coming Monday, uh, Rob and I will be watching Momo Watanabe challenging Io Shirai for the Wonder of Stardom Championship from April in 2018. And I kind of, I know we talked about it last week when uh, we both were going to do a Momo versus Io match. Uh, I decided I'm going to change my my uh, Momo versus EO match. Maybe I'll do it as a bonus episode uh, just for the heck of it, but I'm going to change it to a match I've never seen before. Momo versus Mayu from the 2018 five-star Grand Prix. So I think that's the only Momo Mayu match I've never seen. So that's what I'm changing mine to. So yeah, that's what we have coming up, uh, coming up in the month of March. And also uh, speaking of Patreon, big thanks to our logo lady, the one and only the super talented Miss Haley Stokes drawing the phenomenal fantastic my new favorite logo robin and probably yours as well uh the freedom the three daughters of stardom Kyrie, eo and mayu and the picture was taken from when all three ladies had every single belt in stardom so that new logo we just put up just to, i think that's the text that you probably got at 10 o'clock your time 4 30 my time because i got it 10 o'clock i was literally getting ready to go to bed and it was a little bit after 10 i said let me just do a social media sweep just to make sure i'm not missing anything and it just came up and i'm like i can't send this to rob it's like three in the morning i'm like i'll wait till I'm about halfway done with my gym routine and i'll send it to him so uh yeah, so that's a fantastic logo. There's going to be a few more coming up as we're getting uh, to the launch of the new Patreon. And I even told Rob, I said, I don't know what's going to outdo this. The only thing that I can think of that may outdo that logo is if we do a bar scene with uh, me, Rob, you, Tommy, and Micah drinking and doing shots. Maybe that's the <laughs> that's the only <laughs> one. So I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. But uh, so and what we're going to do for that logo is we're going to be releasing that next Friday on the uh, the website. It's going to be a weekend sale, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then come Sunday night, Monday morning, we're taking it down. So it's just going to be a weekend sale. So you can get that logo just three days only on the website. And that'll start next Friday. And then, uh, so it, it, I'm a little confused too, Rob. So explain to me. So then once we... Once we uh, take that down and put it in the vault, say we're going to be doing something special for the new Patreon members. Explain, explain what that is. So uh, we are going to be sort of rejigging tiers and things like that. You will still get as a 
mentioned before on the podcast, you will still get everything that you get on your tier. We're not taking anything away, um, but we are introducing new tiers and things like that. And um, our new logo, again, absolutely outstanding logo, is going to be a part of a lot of Patreon-exclusive merchandise, um, including prints, including um, brand-new Patreon-exclusive T-shirts, things like that. Um, And it's also the Freedom logo is going to be the brand-new logo for the Stardomcast Extra, which of course is our, uh, our Patreon. Uh, so that will be launching. I believe we've said, Matt, that will be launching in May. Um, so we are going to do that flash sale of um, things with the Freedom logo on it. Uh, shirts, hoodies, hats, all those, all that good stuff. Um, and then it will be taken down on the Monday and then it will only be a Patreon exclusive. And again, the shirts that we put on Patreon will be different to the ones that we release on the uh, the merch store. So uh, yeah, lots of exciting things coming your way, Matt. Yeah, and I think that wraps it up for Patreon. Yeah, the Momo stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. And again, any questions, comments, anything you need from me or the one and only Mr. Rob Goodwin, let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. And thanks to all the fantastic Patreon members. Absolutely. We can't do it without you. You guys are absolutely fantastic, as is everyone that listens to this podcast. I still find it mind-boggling that people actually listen to us. And um, just sort of going off on the back of that, we've we starting to have episodes hit the mid 500 600 downloads which is absolutely crazy so thank you to anyone that listens whether it be on a regular basis or new listeners if you're a new listener hello um but thank you so much we we massively appreciate it and again if you're part of our patron you're absolutely fantastic we can't thank you enough um we might as well start with um, the news of Jungle Kiona's injury, as you mentioned before, Matt. Um, unfortunately, despite killing it on the Indies in America, um, Jungle Kiona has re-aggravated the injury in her knee, um, and she posted a relatively lengthy status on Twitter, sort of outlining what she's going through. And of course, this has been translated. I I'm really sorry. I'd usually do my utmost to give um, credit to the uh, to the translator. So if you know who this is, please tell me and I'll give them credit. Um, but the status is as follows. My injury is serious due to the failure of two surgeries and the after effects of the second surgery. I think that the failed part will get better with reoperation, but the cause of the sequel is still unknown. Uh, medical malpractice lawsuits are difficult, and instead of spending time and money blaming someone, I want to use it only for my knee to get better. At the moment, orthopedic surgery has progressed to second and third opinion. I also consulted 10 other physical therapists and tried osteopathic treatment, acupuncture, electrotherapy, and chiropractic treatment, but there was no prospect of recovery. My knee is in pain, and I can't get more than 20% of the original strength. But I don't want to give up to get back to the ring. I still want to collect information and get treatment at a doctor I can trust and at a clinic where I can receive treatment. First of all, I just want to get back to my daily normal life, not just wrestling, but playing sports with my friends and running. Um, Now, I believe that Jungle is doing something with Nomads at the start of April. I know she was scheduled for that show. Um, And since this has been released, um, she's doing a... Um, I believe it's Pro Wrestling Eve um, are releasing shirts and aside from costs, all that money will be going to help Jungle with the costs of um, of her operation. Um, I believe 
she will be doing something, like I say, at Nomads, whether it is fulfilling the match that she's got booked or whether she's just doing an appearance, I don't know. But I know that on her Twitter account, there is um, lots of information about how you can support Jungle. Um, it's devastating, Matt, because after her big injury um, in 2020, that, and then obviously her very quiet departure from stardom and then she came back from this really serious injury to put on some absolutely fantastic matches on the indies going into Noah um, and things like that and then to re-aggravate it again um, I mean we've got medical malpractice mentioned here which isn't a term that's thrown around lightly it sounds like she's in a lot of pain um, and it sounds like she is fed up to the back teeth and I don't blame her my heart goes out to her Matt yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously, we're huge fans of Jungle Kiona. Like I said, we just watched the uh, match with the uh, her and Momo teaming up. And uh, you know, I said it on this podcast before. And uh, last summer, I was at a I was on a show at a show that she worked on. Absolute sweetheart of a person. Had a fantastic match with Janai Kai. I've had friends of mine that have been on shows with her, and uh, were completely blown away just how great Jungle uh, was on those shows. Even the point where when I was leaving the show that I met Jungle on, it was intermission and people were selling their merch and whatnot. And Jungle Kiona's line were four times bigger than anybody else's. So it just goes to show that people know who she is. So, uh, yeah, um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, it's it's, it's a shame because it was like you you look at her, she's just getting back into snuff, back into speed. You know, you watch her on that Noah show. But she comes to the ring, you know, she's, she just looks so happy, so happy to be in such a huge stadium. That was, I believe, match 14 of Great Muda's retirement tour matches. <laughs> I, believe it, I believe it was at Yokohama Arena. So she was at a big, big stadium show, and she absolutely tore the house down, was the MVP, uh, in my opinion, of that match. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, she was off wrestling a little over a year with that knee injury. I believe her first comeback match was the uh, Hanakamura Memorial Show. And uh, ever since then, you know, she's pretty much been hitting the ground running, went to the States, did a great job over here. I believe even did some AEW uh, dark stuff uh, as well. And then uh, you just hear about this, you know, injury. It just absolutely breaks your heart. So, you know, nothing but well wishes and everything go out to uh, Jungle Kiona. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's not even the fact that we're losing it from wrestling, which is obviously, you know, obviously a huge loss. But just things like she can't get more than 20% of the original strength. She can't play sports with a friend. She can't run. It's impacting her entire life. Um, and it sounds like this has been a constant source of pain for her. So, you know, we wish nothing but the best for Jungle, um, who, of course, has been through so much. We hope that it's it does turn out to be something that can be treated and we see her in the ring sooner rather than later. Because I certainly hope this isn't the end of Jungle's in-ring career because she is an absolute to say she's an absolute talent is selling a severely short, but she's incredible in the ring. So, uh, yeah, obviously, as I mentioned before, our hearts and thoughts go out to Jungle Kiona. Uh, on to slightly better news, and Dave Meltzer has been talking about stardom again, which has got to be good, and he reports that we have got our double main event already sorted for the Yokohama Arena show at the end of April. Um reportedly, according to Big Dave, uh, the IWGP title match is going to be Mercedes Monet, who he says is going to successfully retain at uh, Sakura Genesis against Azumi. Um, she is going to be defending against Mayu Iwatani, and the red belt match 
um, is going to be none other than Julia uh, reigniting that feud with Tam Nakano. So obviously we said, Matt, that this show had to bring something big. Um, you're trying to get a decent number at the Yokohama Arena. It's a big, big arena, as proved by, you know, Great Muta's 433rd uh, retirement show. You've got to do something big. You've got to pull out the big guns. And Mercedes Monet and Mayu and Tam and Julia are certainly two matches that sort of signal your intent, aren't they? Yeah, and I still think, maybe this is just me being so hopeful, I still think there's one big surprise coming. Whether it's, a, you know, Asuka, whether it's an EO, whether it's a Mako, I still think there's going to be one big, you know, huge Japanese form, Japanese talent that's over here working, you know, for one of the bigger companies that's going to be over there. That Regardless, I mean, this show, between those two rumored matches and then obviously it looks like we're getting Hashimoto and Shiri and then we're getting uh, Himika's uh, final match against Micah. Those four matches alone are worth the price of admission. And per Big Dave as well, because when I saw those were going to be the double main event, I was like, well, what goes on last? And uh, per Big Dave, he's saying that uh, it's going to be the Red Belt, which to me, that just goes to show that this this show is complete is uh, under Rossi Ogawa, not uh, Bushi Road. It's Rossi Ogawa saying this is my show. Now, as big as the Mayu-Mercedes match will be, and it's an absolute dream match, he is showing that the Red Belt, is the most important belt in stardom. And for me, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, again, you have, it's heads you win, tails you win. You could put either one of those matches on last, but I had a lot of people ask me, what do you think should go on last? I mean, to me, it's the red belt. It's the most important belt in stardom. Not only that, but look at the, you know, your former champions. You had the two EO runs you had. And then, I mean, just listen to these back-to-back-to-back runs. You had Mayu her 2019-2020 run, the Utami run, the Shiri run, and then what Julia's been able to do with that belt in just short, uh, this short amount of time. That belt, the way they built that belt up the last three or four years, I'm really, really hoping that they stick to their guns and their red belt goes on last. Uh, regardless, yeah, I'm super excited for the show, and I know me and you were texting as the news dropped, we said, yeah, yeah, we, we, we might watch the show. It's a possibility <laughs> we might watch it. Yeah, absolutely. The super duper dream, quite the super duper happy, whatever the, whatever Karen Pearson called it on the podcast. Double loop, double looper with fudge on top. Absolutely. Um, yeah, days announced it's going to be a double main event, but it says that it's likely the red belt will go on last. I, I completely agree with everything you've said, Matt. Um, I think it does show that they are going to be pulling out all the stops. I mean, when you think about these first three pay-per-view offerings that Stardom have put out, um, obviously you had Dream Queendom at the end of last year, you had Supreme Fight in February. You've got this really stacked Triangle Derby final, which has no right to be as stacked as it is. Um, You've got the first night of the Cinderella, which, again, you look at pardon me, some of the matchups in that. And then you've got this on top of it at the end of April. They really are pulling out the stops on these pay-per-view cards, um, which is fantastic news as uh, we're spending £4,000 a month on uh, on buying the damn things. But at least we're getting quality for our money. That is a card, as you mentioned before, Himika's final match against Micah. Suri against Shihiro Hashimoto. It's going to continue to evolve into a fantastic card. I'd love to see that that one surprise. I'm I am British, therefore far more inherently uh, skeptical than you. Um, I hope there is a surprise. I don't know what it is. 
I mean, if you get an Io Shirai appearance, not even a match, but an appearance, I imagine that would be huge. Um, we will wait and see anyway, but that's good news in terms of Stardom's next huge show. I mentioned before the Cinderella tournament, we uh, whipped through the bracket on our last episode, and of course our Bracketology episode will be coming to you a little bit closer to the opening round. Um, I did mention the dates um, last time, I uh, just want to clarify those dates and when they are going to be happening and what is going to be happening at those shows. So the first round is going to be on March the 26th, which is a Sunday at Yokohama Budokan. Um, that's the second of a double bill of shows that Stardom are going to be running at Yokohama Budokan. Obviously, they're going to run New Blood Premium on March 25th and then the first round of the Cinderella March 26th. Um, the second round of matches for the Cinderella is going to take place on Saturday, April 1st. Uh, that's going to be from the fantastically named Light Cube Utsonomaya. Nailed it. Um, the third round and quarterfinals are then going to be the following day, April the 2nd, the Sunday at Corican Hall. And then the semifinals and finals we are going to have on Saturday, April 15th, just eight days removed from the Yokohama Arena show. And that is going to be from National Yoyogin Stadium, second gymnasium. Um, uh, we've got a jam-packed March and April, Matt. Um, honestly, I feel like we probably should cover some of this. Yeah, uh, we know people that do a stardom podcast. That, uh, <laughs> so I think, I think we're going to do it not because we just love the shows. We're going to do it because we love all of you. Uh, but yeah, selfishly, we, we're going to have a damn good time watching these matches and bringing you all the action. But uh, yeah, considering the uh, kind of start, it seemed like for how hot stardom was in 2021 and 2022, January was kind of just like, oh, what's kind of going on here? It kind of seemed like they were a little kind of just slowing things down. The Triangle Derby was good, not great. But uh, it seems like ever since the uh, Supreme fight in February, it's like, OK, now we're going to give you everything uh, and you're going to enjoy it. And we sure are, sir. We sure are. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think January was they were sort of spinning the wheels with the Triangle Derby tournament because it sort of overtook everything. Um, and though the match quality was very good, you know, it didn't touch a five star or anything like that. So we were sort of waiting for the next pay-per-view. Um, and yeah, since Supreme Five, we've had some fantastic shows. Um, another match that has just been announced for the March 16th show um, is another part of Himika's retirement. Um, this was announced on the World of Stardom uh, Twitter page. <laughs> Julia versus Himika in a singles match is going to be happening on March 16th. Not for the red belt, but a singles match. So another fantastic match that Himika is giving us as we inch closer to uh, her retirement match. Yeah, even though it's not for the Red Belt, you know Julia just because she's really good friends with uh, with Himika and the fact that she's very giving in the ring. I talk about that all the time. You know she's going to approach that as if it's a Red Belt match because that's going to be her final singles match with her fellow DDM mate. So uh, I'm expecting the two of them to absolutely go and destroy each other. Um, but yeah, again, just another fantastic match coming up here in the next four or five weeks. So it, that one will be an absolute barn burner. And I'm assuming it's to be pretty emotional as well. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly makes it feel a lot more real, doesn't it? Um, 
and I'm sure once we get into uh, into April, it will become even more real for uh, for fans of the Jumbo Princess. Um, just two more bits of news. The first, um, let's let's do the happy news. Um, obviously, Hannon has now graduated high school. So two good things. Obviously, it's always good to finish high school. Um, but also, maybe this means we will see Hannon on even more stardom shows. Um, maybe we'll, we will see more of Wingori, Matt. Yeah, I mean, this obviously, first of all, congratulations to Hannon for graduating high school. No more excuses for mission, missing matches. Uh, <laughs> Oh, your sisters will get with it. Uh, but no, all seriousness, congratulations on uh, with her. Um, I mean, she really seems like she's all in on wrestling, and she's absolutely fantastic at just 18 years of age. So just think that she's probably going to have twice as many matches this year than she had last year. So that's just going to mean she's just going to be getting better. And more of this audience, as stardom continues to grow, it can be more familiar with her. So I'm excited to see how big of a 2023 Hanan is going to have so uh yeah congratulations to her and i'm super excited that i think yeah we are going to get some more wing gory matches and uh not only that rob come on buddy let's call like we see it let's talk about the elephant in the room more hand and theme music on these stardom shows right i mean what else could be as good as more Han and theme just you know you're going about your day and then suddenly h-a-n-a-n <laughs> you just you're automatically transported to a happier place it's what we need in our lives is more of Hannon's theme um just finally the final little bit of news uh, does come with a caveat um, at the time of recording, it's Wednesday, the 1st of March. Um, Star and World still hasn't uploaded the Stardom in Showcase show uh, from February the 26th. So obviously we can't review it and we won't be reviewing it here. We'll add it to our Triangle Derby final review um, next week. But one bit of news that has come out of that show um, and one fairly big bit of news is uh, with the deadline approaching for Wakasukiyama to win her first match or leave Cosmic Angels, Tam told Nene Takahashi to bit pick her best partner. Uh, so March 25th, which, as I mentioned before, is uh, New Bull Premium at Yokohama Budokan. It's going to be Tam Nakano and Waka Sukiyama versus Nene Takahashi and a partner. Uh, this is going to be Waka's last chance for a win, should she not miraculously get a win before then and render all of this pointless. Um uh, what do you think, Matt, about this being a tag match? Um, obviously, if Tam gets the pinfall, does that cement Wacker as a member of Cosmic Angels? Because technically she's won. Has Wacker got to get the pinfall? Do you think it would carry more weight if it was a singles win? Um, and obviously we are a month or so away, away from uh, New Blood Premium, but do you see... Uh, team Tam and Wacker winning. First, let's talk about the psychology of Tam saying, hey, and I pick your best partner, and we don't know who it's going to be. Like, aren't you the tag champ with you? Why wouldn't she pick you? You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. psychology behind that. I understand the whole thing, whether it's you or not. I don't know, but it's like, well, I'm the champ of, you know, we're the tag champs. We're the best female tag team in the world, so why wouldn't I pick this person? But um, I think what they're going with is Waka's going to get the pinfall, and when she does... Tam's gonna. I, there's a reason behind it. 
Um, I don't understand it, why they're not doing a singles because I think it would mean more. But I think uh, because of how solid the bookings been with Stardom over the last two years, there's a reason behind that we don't see until we see the play unfold. And I think once it happens, we're like, oh, that's why they did it. Maybe Waka gets the pin and she's staring Tam in the face or something like that. And then she, you know, she basically tell you know, Tam gives her a hug because she's right there and they just went to war together. And she's like, congratulations, you didn't think Cosmic Angels. And then, like, Mina comes out. It's like, no, I'm joining, you know, I'm joining this group or, or you know, what, ha- or, you know, uh, she joins DX. Triple H and Shawn Michaels <laughs> come out. And that's, you know, like I mentioned about two months ago. But uh, I, I, there, there's a reason behind why they're doing it. I don't think it's something that's going to be throwaway. Not only that, but you're getting a big star on this show in a big match with Tam Nakano. So that, I think, just going to add value to it. Uh, yeah, it would mean more if it's a singles win. But I think there's a play that's going to unfold in this match that we don't see until it happens. So, yeah, we shall we shall see. But I think it would be such a slap in the face to you that Nene Takahashi's like, no, I'm not going to pick you. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> You're not my best partner. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing with this belt? <laughs> All of these belts, twelve belt you. Um, it does sort of it does beg the question now: Are they telegraphing that Wacker is going to win? Um, they sort of showed their hand a little bit with Wacker and Nene in um, a singles match because if they are going with a Wacker win, she has to pin Nene Takahashi, um, which not many people see coming as her first win. Um, with this new partner, if she doesn't choose you, and not you, Matt, though, you know, please, absolutely. Book oh, man, it. yeah, book it, absolutely, man. Man, I'll throw some forms with Tam and Waka. Let's go. You do the job. You do the job for Waka. <laughs> I do it. I do it all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but if she doesn't choose you, then potentially she could choose someone that Waka could then pin. Takes less of the heat on Nene. Um, it's, it's an interesting thought. Um, I do like the angle of Wacker getting the victory and then turning to Tam and saying, no, I, I don't want to join you. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about two shows, the shows from the 23rd and the 25th. And Wacker just looks like she's having the worst time as part of Cosmic Angels at the moment. And obviously she's got a lot weighing on her mind, um, but it's becoming increasingly obvious how different she is from Tam and Natsupoy um, and how much these results are starting to affect her. So when she finally breaks that, is she going to want to stick around with Tam and remember those two years that she's gone without a singles victory or whatever it, it ends up being. Um, and actually see the tiger on our, uh, on our, uh, Discord has said, "Who is Wacker's first win going to be? Um, and also, is it going to be good to dance when she does win?" Um, and I did say, "Yes, I worry for people who don't dance when Wacker does eventually get that win." And I just outlined what I've said on here. Um, I like the idea of it happening at New Blood Premium, getting that last chance, winning um, on that show, and then turning to Tam and basically going, "No, I do one. You know, you've put me through hell. Absolutely not. Am I going to join you? I am going to join." Um, Club Venus but yeah it's going to be interesting especially at the moment because Club Venus are sort of they're sort of treading water at the moment because obviously Zay Brookside has gone back to England or back to America to do indie dates Um, so we are left with just Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May who are doing really well but 
adding a third member is certainly going to help that when uh, when Zaya Brookside is doing bookings elsewhere. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thought, Matt, and uh, obviously one that hopefully we'll get a little bit more story in um, as we go. As I mentioned before, we're not going to be reviewing Stardom in Showcase Volume 4. It wasn't made a pay-per-view, as we mentioned last week. Um, there's been some interesting thoughts as to why that's not been made a pay-per-view. There's some really interesting discussion on our Discord as to why it wasn't a Discord, uh, sorry, wasn't a pay-per-view. Um, there was talk of it being in Kobe, so um, they weren't going to ferry all of the stuff down to do it there when the pay-per-view buys haven't been that good. Um, there are some that are saying it is just outright because they feel like the pay-per-view buys haven't been good. Either way or whatever it does turn out to be, it wasn't a pay-per-view and it isn't on World yet, so we can't review it. What we are going to be looking at, as I've already mentioned, are the shows in Matsumoto and in Wakayama. Uh, so we'll start with the show on uh, from the 23rd of February 2023, which was in Matsumoto. Kisai Bunker Hall in Nagano in front of 305 people. What I'll do is I'll read through the results and then we'll sort of uh, cherry pick the matches that we'll go through like we've done before. So match one, singles match. Yuna Mizumori defeated Miyu Amasaki with the Tropical Smasher in 9 minutes and 48 seconds. Match two, a singles match. Tekla defeated Saya Ida with the Dokugumo Death Drop in 7 minutes and 50 seconds. Match three, a three-way tag team match. The Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May defeated the Stars team of Momokogo and Kogama and the Oedatai team of Starlight Kid and Ruwaka with Mariah May getting the pinfall over Momokogo with the Happily Ever After in 8 minutes and 28 seconds. Match four, six-woman tag team match. The Uenitai team of Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, and Saki Kashima defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Waka Tsukiyama with Momo Watanabe pinning Waka with the Hito Danashi driver, which is what she calls her bastard driver, in 9 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, in the semi-main event, a six-woman tag team match, the God's Eye team of Suri, Mirai, and Amisori defeated the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Hanan, with Suri getting the submission victory with the Suzaku in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. And then in our main event, we had an eight-woman tag team match, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Himika, Micah, and Mei Sakurai, defeating the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Saya Kamatani, Azumi, and Lady C, with Himika getting the pinfall with the running powerbomb in 15 minutes and 41 seconds. Uh, Matt, what matches would you like to talk about from the show in Matsumoto? Mr. Rob Goon, I just want to talk about uh, the tag team of Club Venus, Mina and Mirai. Now I'm a big fan of Pink Kabuki, which is Mina and Yunagi, but it's just me or it's like Mina and Mirai have only teamed together just for a few months. Like, are they hitting all cylinders like so fast, so quick? Or am I just going nuts over here? Uh, just to clarify, you mean Mariah, don't you? Not Mariah. <laughs> Mina and Mariah May. Excuse yeah. me, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I. one of my notes is actually how, I mean, Mariah May, massively over in Matsumoto, by the way, hugely over, um, as was Mina, actually. Club Venus, very well received in Matsumoto. Um, I thought their chemistry is improving massively, um, which is excellent. To be honest, I quite enjoyed this tag team match. 
Um, the stuff between Starlight Kid Kogama and Mina Shirakawa that opened the sh- the opened the match, I thought was really, really, really good. It saw a different sort of style from Mina, and then her closing stretch with Starlight Kid before we got to the finish again was really, really good, and sort of showcased that pace that we don't usually associate with Mina. Yeah, I totally agree. Her stuff with Starlight Kid was fantastic here, and again, we got a little bit of a preview of it in the five star, but Mina just on a completely different level. Now, I mean, just the way she was pushed after the five star, and then you know she's got her own group here. Her stuff with Starlight Kid was the uh, was really the uh, the basically the crux and the best parts of the match. So yeah, I just really noticed that these two have been gelling really, really well together. Uh, really, ever since they kind of just been doing the the tag stuff. Um, so I uh, just really cool to see maybe where where that goes with the two of them. But uh, I actually had three and a half stars, so I really enjoyed it. What did you have it at? Exactly the same, three and a half stars. I actually thought that. The one, two, three punch of the opening three matches were actually really solid. I thought the Tekla and Sayurina match was really, really good. Um, obviously, these two have got a bit of a, not a thing, but a little bit of a mutual respect because obviously they're both incredibly jacked. Um, so that led to a really, really cool match. And then Tekla showing respect to Sayurina afterwards. I thought it was a really, really good showing for Saya. Um, and actually, I think the Unimizumori and Miyu Amasaki match. Um, I've said before that Miyu starts matches quite tentatively and then sort of works her way into the match. And I think this was the same, but I thought once she'd worked her way into the match, this was actually one of the strongest showings for Amazaki. She hit the moves more crisply, like she hit that um, that Tornado DDT using the ropes. She hit that really smoothly. She hit the um, sort of huge sort of swinging DDT, the handspring elbow in the corner. I feel like she hit everything considerably crisper in this match with Yuna. Yeah, um, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed the match because Miyu is someone just she just constantly needs more reps, and it seems like that she's had like two or three small injuries that like seems like anytime she gets some momentum, it kind of halts her. But she was yeah really really good here, especially in a singles match. You know, she didn't have an Azumi or a Saya or you know a, a Utami to kind of you know, guide her to the match or make her look good or put them put certain things in certain spots. But even like that rolling knee bar that she did on you know the psychology of it worked really well. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I was uh I was uh not shocked, but I was pleasantly surprised of how well and you know as well. Uh you know, I haven't really seen much of her single stuff. She was really good here. Uh but this was a really, really good solid opener. So uh, I actually had it at three and a quarter stars. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had it at three and a quarter as well. And you mentioned it as I thought Mia actually having a plan in this match, which she sometimes doesn't. It feels sometimes like she's going through the motions. Again, she's a rookie, so it's going to feel like that sometimes. But I felt like here she was very, very focused in getting over that she wanted to attack Mizumori's knee and lock in that knee bar because she got a fantastic knee bar. It looks really cool visually. So why not utilize it more? And uh, of course, we got to see one of my favorite named finishes in the world, Tropical Smasher. It just... It's so needlessly aggressive, and I love it. Um, can we also mention as well that three-way tag team match? How over was Starlight Kid and Ruaka? Like Ruaka got an incredible reception. Yeah, it seems like uh, Starlight Kid, even though Wedotai is supposed to be like the only true, like hundred percent heel group, like Starlight Kid, and a lot of times Momo Watanabe are getting cheers, but all of a sudden, it's like we're cheering Ruaka. It's like, all right, you know, like I, maybe people are just excited for cheering again. And Ruaka, she's really improved so much, especially after Tag League. That, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you know, yeah, you're right. Starlight Kid and Ruaka 
we're kind of over his baby faces here. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see. Again, we haven't had cheering in almost three years. So it's like we're really seeing like who's really, truly over uh, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time for Stardom fans. I mean, you mentioned who's over, but I doubt there is anybody as over on this Stardom roster as Wakasuki Armour at the moment. Um, and that was sort of showcased here. Um, crowd absolutely aboard the Wacker Express. Um, and I just, again, I mentioned it earlier. She just looks like she's having such a terrible time as part of Cosmic Angels. Obviously, you've got Tam and Natsupoi emerging and dancing on the stage. And obviously, we've been used to Wacker sort of running on while they're still dancing because she's just given up trying to do the dance and, you know, bless her heart. But, you know, she'll clap in the ring or something like that. But instead, she's just waiting in the corner. And then they pose in the middle of the ring. No smile, nothing. Whereas she seemed to be having a lot of fun doing the lollipop stuff in the Triangle Derby. Absolutely nothing here as Cosmic Angels. And you can argue that that's the pressure of the impending match at Newport Premium. Um, or you could just, as I mentioned before, it could be a case of, I don't even want to be part of this unit. You know, look at the un, you know the undue stress they're putting me under. Um, this, again, was decent. Um, and I like the fact that Wacker was only beaten because they hit her with two baseball bats and then Momo Watanabe hit the Hito Danashi driver. So there was a nice little thing there as well. Um, but again, Matt, the reaction that Wacker's getting, um, I criticised the way they'd booked Wacker a couple of months ago. I thought the steam had very much been taken out of the sails. Uh, that's not the expression. The wind had been taken out of the sails um, in regard to Wacker losing matches. And in fact, she was just losing matches for the sake of it. But now that it's been given direction, I feel like they're doing it really, really well. Yeah, the, the, the big thing in this match for me was Momo and Tam. Just like, who's going to hurt? Who's going to bring more violence? Uh, I thought it was really cool how, like, you know, the uh, Tam and Natsupoy as uh, as Meltier, the, anytime they would get the advantage, it would have to come from the Meltier double teaming, which I'm so excited to, for them to get back to, uh, you know, the tag team. Because I, I really think they're going to be the ones to uh, to take the belts uh, off of uh, Nene and, uh, and you. So uh, I'm real excited to see what they're going to do. But, yeah, the Momo-Tam stuff was really good. And then, uh, yeah, you alluded to it. They had to beat Waka by not cheating not once but twice. It took a pipe shot and a back shot from Tora and Momo, two of the heaviest hitters, and then Momo's finisher to put Waka down. But I like how like Momo and was like really just kicking the crap out of poor uh, Waka. That sounded really mean. I really like how <laughs> Momo was beat. That's a, I didn't mean it like that, but like she was really beating down poor Waka, and then like Waka would get these little flashes of these little uh, like close pins. And there was one point where Tam and Natsuboy came in the ring. They hit a double super kick. Out and Momo, and then Waka did like the double arm, like Marifuji slide, and it was the closest three count of the weekend. And the crowd bought it like that was going to be the finish, like it's going to take the former tag champs and melt here, assisting Waka, but Waka's going to get the win on the former white belt champion. And then eventually, like Momo and uh, Tor just get so frustrated that they had to result to cheating uh, to put Waka down. So I thought that was a nice little feather in the cap that it took some cheating to put Waka down this match. But I thought the match was great. Again, my favorite parts of the match were just the, uh, the sheer violence that Momo and Tam brought. I actually had it at three and three fourth stars. And that was one of my favorite matches from the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had it at three and a half. I thought definitely one of the strongest matches over the two nights. Um, the last two matches then obviously God's eye versus stars and Donna Del Mondo versus Queens quest. Um, just some edited highlights um, of what these women can do 
you've seen Donna Del Mondo versus Queen's Quest, you know what it's going to be like. Heavy hitting. You've got Azumi um, with the high speed stuff with May Sakurai, which I thought was quite interesting. Obviously, you've got Julia squaring up with the likes of Saikamatani and Yutami. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be hard hitting. Both of these matches I thought were really, really good, Matt. But again, round about three and a half for both. What about you? I had them both at three and three fourths. Yeah, I really liked that. Uh, you talk about people getting over and Mayu was uh, just as over as walking, rightfully so. I thought her stuff with Mariah to start this match was a really good way to kind of fire up the match and start building on the match because you have all heavy hitters here. Um, big fan of when Mayu and Hazuki do the double dives because that's so, like, it could be so tricky, especially Mayu, God bless her, we love her, but, like, sometimes you can be a little clumsy, especially when you have two people running off the ropes at the same time because if a Hazuki is just a half a step off, She's going to launch poor Mayu coming off the ricochet of the ropes, but the two of them hit those double suicide suicide dives so perfect. Uh, Sherry, of course, looked great here. I think they're doing a great job building Sherry back up after losing the red belt to Julia. So I thought that match was great. And I've noticed in these Queen Quest multi-tag matches, like Sayo do her stuff, Yutami do her stuff, and Izumi will do her stuff. But like the majority of these, you know, quote-unquote road to house shows, Lady C is the one that's doing the bulk of the work. And I think that's by design to one, get her more reps two you building the match around her and three, you're spending, she's spending more time in the ring. Like, so if you go back to these, you know, these shows where they're doing, you know, 300, 400, 500, and you go back to be like, boy, I remember when I was at the show six months ago, Lady C was the one that put in the most work. She's going to get the most over. And it kind of, you know, and I'm kind of going to throw back out a term from like 30 some odd years ago. I, I used to go see wrestling. They used to have wrestling WWF every like five, six weeks in the small venue uh, outside of Scranton, or in Scranton, Pennsylvania, about 10 minutes before I grew up, called the CYC, the Catholic Youth Center, which was actually Gorilla Monsoon's uh, favorite venue to wrestle at. Another story for another day, but you can see like they will only be drawing four or 500 people when, you know, when, they're, when they're wrestling on pay-per-views in front of 11,000, 12,000. And a lot of the wrestlers would just dog it, except for one person, Bret Hart. You know, when Bret Hart in his Hall of Fame speech always said, I never took a night off, he never did. And it really got Bret Hart even more over as the quote-unquote people's champion. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm seeing with Lady C. And these matches where she's putting the work in, and she's just, you know, she's taking bumps, giving bumps, you know, taking, t- taking strikes and whatnot. She's like the MVP in these matches. And people are going to remember that when Siren comes back to these towns, Again, whether it's in two months, three months, four months, they're going to remember like, oh, yeah, that Lady C, she, you know, I was, I was, I was, I came for you, Tommy, but Lady C kind of was like the MVP of the, of the match. And uh, yeah, I just made a Lady C and Bret Hart reference there. Didn't even mean to. I know. Who would have thought that the great Car C and Bret Hart would be mentioned in the same sentence on today's podcast? But there we are. Um, Obviously, you've got all this uh, sort of underlying tension in terms of Lady C as to will she, won't she um, join Donna Del Mondo once Himmick has retired. Obviously, we know that she's going to be seconding, um, if that's even a word, seconding uh, Himmick and the rest of her matches on her retirement tour. So it's certainly going to be interesting. I completely agree with you. I think she's improved exponentially. Um, I mean, I think she was number two in the uh, Stardom Cast Most Improved uh, category. So, huge improvement from Lady Z. I feel like she's developed her own very unique character um, and her own very unique sort of move set. And 
again, she works very, very hard in the ring. She's not scared of throwing herself into something, which is great. You mentioned uh, Mayu Iwatani doing the uh, the suicide dive with uh, Hazuki. It's it's got its benefits. I think it it sort of masks that Hazuki's is not always the best looking. It's certainly improved since she returned. Um, but yeah, still still a bit ropey whenever Hazuki does it. But <laughs> you mentioned Mayu being clumsy. Um, I think it was Dragon Moon had obviously gone to the show. Uh, stardom in showcase and um <laughs> all three members hazuki kagama and mayu will stand on the ropes um at the start of, like their entrance and you know they're all like doing the pointing to the crowd and mayu might just to completely lose a balance and fall off the ropes but doesn't do it in a normal way where she can sort of style it out no she does it in a mayu way so she doesn't only knock herself off her and kagama go absolutely flying um because it's just mayu doing mayu things um and it really tickled me because you couldn't sum up mayu iwatani any better than with that just one photograph so go and check out dragon moon on uh on twitter and check out that photo because it is hilarious and just hazuki sort of turning around and realizing she's the only one left on the ropes and wondering where her two teammates have gone um Let's move on then to the second show of the weekend that we're going to be talking about, starting in Wakayama. From the Wakayama Prefectorial Gymnasium um, from Saturday the 25th of February in front of 270 people. So, match one saw a singles match. Yuna Mizumori defeating Momokogo with the Tropical Smasher in 6 minutes and 17 seconds. Uh, match two... A three-way tag team match. The Ueda tag team of Saki Kashima and Starlight Kid defeating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Miyu Amasaki and the Stars team of Hanan and Saeeda with Saki Kashima getting the pinfall with the Kish Kasai in 9 minutes and 10 seconds. Don't forget, Saki Kashima is technically the number one contender for the high-speed title. So just keep an eye on Saki Kashima's booking. Um, match three, tag team match. The Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May defeated the Donna Del Mondo team of Tekla and May Sakurai with Mina getting the pin with the glamorous driver Mina in 11 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, match four, six-woman tag team match. Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Himika and Micah defeated the Oedetai team of Momo Watanabe, Ruaka and Natsukatora via DQ in 11 minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, the semi-main, the six-woman tag team match. Queen's Quest team of Utami, Saya and Azumi defeated the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki and Kagame. They didn't defeat them at all. Don't know what I'm talking about. It ended in a time limit draw in 15 minutes. And then finally, the main event, six-woman tag team match. God's Eye, Suri Mirai and Amisori defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tamnakano, Natsupoi and Wakasukiyama. Mirai pinning Waka after she valiantly fought and fought eventually with the Miramare Shock in 15 minutes and 35 seconds um in the words of the sound of music let's start at the very beginning it's a very good place to start um we've seen yuna mizumori take on miyu amasaki and now momo kogo who do you think had the better outing obviously momo kogo's match shorter than miyu amasaki's who do you think looked better matt Ooh, I both had both matches at three and a quarter stars. So you're splitting hairs here. I think just because Momo is a, she's a, right now she's a better worker than Miyu, but Miyu overachieved. But I think Momo looked slightly, slightly better. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's really no wrong answer. But I thought Yuna, again, we get two back-to-back uh, Yuna singles matches to start off these shows, but I thought she looked excellent in both these performances. But I'm going to say Momo Kogo looks slightly better than Miyu. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think Momo's been more consistent, definitely. Um, 
And again, I think I've, I don't know why I feel like this. I'm probably wrong, but I feel like Momo's got more experience. Um, and again, working with the likes of Hazuki and Mayu week in, week out probably helps. Um, you're absolutely right in terms of Yuna Mizumori, who I have dismissed very much as being the pineapple comedy of um, of stardom since she's been in. And that's potentially a bit unfair because when she's been given the tap on the shoulder, she's proved that she's more than capable of going in the ring. Obviously, we do get a lot of the comedy on the new blood shows and things like that, but I feel like since she's been on, I don't want to say the main roster, but since she's been on the main stardom product, I feel like she's done very well. She looked good during the Triangle Derby, um, and she looked good working with Momokogo and Mio Amasaki here. So, uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, I don't know why I said that Queen's Quest defeated Stars. Please ignore me. It was a time limit draw. But we got a fantastic visual of Hazuki hitting the Brain Buster on Sayaka Matani, Yutami having to break it up, mm. and Hazuki then hitting another Brain Buster on Sayaka Matani before the bell rang and she wasn't allowed to get the pinfall. So Hazuki being booked incredibly strong over Saya during this road too. And we're obviously going to be delving into this upcoming pay-per-view in a moment. Um, it's going to be very intriguing to see how they book this match, Matt, because much as my heart wants Hazuki to win this white belt, finally, after all the matches she's gone through, I think she's 0-5 for the white belt at the moment, unless I'm very much mistaken. I, my head's telling me that Sire is going to do it because I feel like there's unfinished business with too many people. Yeah, and obviously we'll preview it here uh, just in a little bit because that's the, you know, the main event of this show. As far as my heart goes, I don't know who I want to win this match. I'm laps. I'm a huge fan of Hazuki. She was pegged for my winner of the Cinderella because I thought they were going to do this match at the uh, uh, Yokohama Arena show. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe it goes to a draw and then Hazuki wins and they run it back. Who knows? I wouldn't complain about that. Uh, I don't. I'm just going to go into this where it's like I don't care who wins. I just want a really good match, and these two would have to try very hard not to give us. A good match. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, it's probably going to be the best match of the show. I think it's the match that everybody's kind of most pumped up for and probably the match that people don't know which way it's going to go. Um, yeah, not really sure. I wouldn't be shocked if Hazuki wins. But yeah, uh, again, we'll get to it uh, when we preview uh, the big pay-per-view this weekend. But I think you're right. I think there's just too much un unfinished business with Sayakamatani and a few wrestlers, especially when you attach the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Not only that, but since Suzuki is kind of steamrolling uh, Saya, you know, in these lab, I mean, obviously she won the match with the five star. She's been pinning her and getting the better of her at these last, you know, three or four shows. If she just beats Saya straight out, it's just like, well, okay, we really kind of just, I mean, you're, I'm not going to say you dog Saya because you've really been pushing her, you know, since she won the Cinderella, you know, almost two years ago and having this phenomenal run with the Wonder of Stardom Championship. But it's kind of almost like the reverse psychology that a lot of promoters do where it's like we're going to keep building up this one person, mm -hmm. and then at the big blow-off, we're going to put the other person over. So it just shows they had to overcome so much to come back and get that win. I think that's what they're going to do here. But again, I would not be shocked to see them pull the trigger and uh, go all in on a Hazuki Wonder of Stardom Championship run. And maybe it happen if it doesn't happen uh, Saturday, maybe it happens somewhere down the road. You know, we've seen Stardom do that before with, uh, oh, you know, a wrestling. You know, let's just go talk Mayu. When Mayu first won the red belt, she lost twice to uh to eo in the same run in the same run and then came back and won it 
And I believe even Saya, I believe when Saya won the wipeout, I believe she lost to Tam earlier on the run. Did she not? She did. She lost in the July and then won it in the December. Yeah. And uh, you can also, you know, you can go through those matches. And if you watch those matches, you can read some scripture on it. And a little book called Living the Dream, starting <laughs> the 10th anniversary in review by the doctor of style himself, one Mr. Rob Goodwin. Uh, thank you for that plug uh just Boom. quickly while i think about it um there's been a spike in sales of living the dream which thank you so much i, I massively appreciate it um if you could leave a review on the book that would be incredible it, it really does help me out. i very rarely do plugs of my own stuff because i get really self-conscious um <laughs> and it's you know it comes across as quite a cringy thing to do but if you could maybe leave a review um that would be that would be fantastic um so. rob t- tell everyone the real reason why you don't do the plugs on the book because i do them for you that, right? that's true that's true and you do it so seamlessly man you do it so seamlessly uh, <laughs> and in all honesty where can i i mean obviously i love this book and not only because it's done by you know you my good friend but i'm obviously going to leave you a good review where would i leave this review is it on amazon or uh, yeah yeah on amazon please if, if you can that would be great absolutely absolutely brother i got you <laughs> um <laughs> listen i'm i'm chomping at the bit to talk about this pay-per-view so let let's just delve straight in um both these um again sort of quote-unquote road two shows um they were solid nothing huge to go out of your way to go and check out um, there was some good stuff in the Queen's Quest and Stars match that we've already mentioned. And of course, you know, Yuna Mizumori and Momokogo is very good. The tag matches are good. Everyone has their working boots on, as you would expect. Um, Wakasuki Armor, again, really over in Wakayama um, and worked incredibly hard in this six-woman tag team match against the likes of Mirai and Suri and looked amazing. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to go out of your way to see matches, I'd argue the la- the latter two, probably. Um, so, Triangle Derby Championship Battle, the final of the inaugural Triangle Derby. Saturday, the 4th of March, 2023. It's this Saturday as you're listening. Yoyogi National Stadium, second gymnasium in Tokyo. It's where the Cinderella final is going to be as well. We went through the card when it was announced last week on the podcast. We're going to give our views, our thoughts, who's going to win the Triangle Derby, who is going to come out with the white belt. Um, is Mayukihi going to unseat Julian? No. Um, but we're going to go through all of Save it these for the matches. end, buddy. Now they're going to tune out. They're like, Rob gave us his winning. We're turning out. What are you doing? <laughs> Um, so let's go through this match by match. So at the moment, still advertised for the pre-show, we have a three-way match between Miyu Amasaki, Hina, and Rina. For me personally, Matt, I feel like, you know, we've just been singing the praises of Miyu Amasaki and how she performed in that match of the Unimas Mori. I feel like it's a toss-up between Hina and Rina because I do feel like they're getting little mini pushes and obviously they aren't on the cards as consistently because of school. Um, whenever they are put onto the cards in these matches on the undercard, they are often booked to win. So I'd argue it's probably a toss up between one of those two to win, Matt. Um, I agree, but I'm going to say it's going to be a toss up between Hina, Rina and Miyu to win. So that's, uh, that's my, my, my... 
you've narrowed it down. Uh, I like it. I was worried you were going to be vague, Matt, but thank God for that. <laughs> I tell you what, that's why you people tune in. You know, you said we, we pretty much doubled our, our listenership in the past few months. That's why, buddy. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Rena. I think Rena's going to get a, get a win here. I think she just really overperformed these last few months and really kind of coming into her own. Uh, as a member of a widow tie. So um, I think it'd be nice to give her again. It's on the pre-show, but at the same time, it's on a big, big pay-per-view. Um, so I think that Reen is going to get a win here. Yeah. If again, I feel like it's a toss up between Hina and Rena. I wouldn't be surprised if Hina gets a surprise roll up on Rena. Um, but if you pushed me, I'd say Rena is probably going to get the win here. I feel like she's slightly the more strongly booked of the twins so yeah i'd I'd argue it's probably going to be rena um and then elsewhere on the pre-show we have got yutami aishista and lady c representing queen's quest against the rebel and enemy team of ramkai chow and micah ozaki um again it's the pre-show i wouldn't set too much stall in what happens um i am gonna go with rebel and enemy though um, which is potentially a little bit controversial. Um, obviously, you've got the third member of uh, Rebel and Enemy from the Triangle Derby in the main event. I don't think, spoilers, I don't think Mayuki is walking away with the Red Belt, so I think it would be good to just keep Rebel and Enemy strong. Um, and I think they're probably going to get a win on the pre-show um, with one of them pinning Lady Seema. I'm going to disagree with you because I got four words for you. Holy demon army <laughs> finish yes. there you go buddy yes i see i see your point of view and that makes sense and this is like a pre-show is gonna be really really good because uh you know the because the, the rebel and enemy team can really really over impressed me and then you got lady c who i've obviously seen her praises all the time and that utami character she's pretty good she's mm-hmm. gonna do well for herself in pro wrestling and again i'm a big fan of the queen's quest members but when you give me utami and lady c you tease me of giving me one of my all-time favorite finishes for one of my all-time favorite tag teams, late the Holy Demon Army, which uh, if you don't know what it is, it's the uh, backdrop driver and chokeslam combination, which uh, looks brutal from Utami and Lady C, but do yourself a favor and go check out one of the Holy Demon Army's matches from 94, 95. And you're like, oh, that's why Matt likes them so much, because they're very violent. But uh, anywho, that was a long way of me saying that I think Utami and Lady C are going to win. <laughs> As I said, four words for you, and then I just gave you a soliloquy there. <laughs> yeah, just gave me an entire novel. Um, but anytime we bring up uh, Tawe and Kawada, I'm happy because uh, Tawe massively underrated. Um, of course, I'm going to go through these in the order that they were announced. There is every chance that this won't be the order of the matches on the night. However, you know, obviously this is what we've been given. So uh 10 woman tag team match uh, between stars and a weather time, Mayu Iwatani, Kagama, Momo, Kogo, Sayurida, and Hanan for stars. And then Natsukatora, Momo, Watanabe, Fukukan Death, Ruwaka, and Saki Kashima for a weather tie. Um, I don't think it's an elimination match. I feel like it's just a straight 10 woman tag. Um, looking at the teams, um, you look at who has got the most to go Going forward, obviously, we talked about Mayu Iwatani having that match with um, Mercedes Monet. Obviously, she's got to have the match with Azumi first, but I feel like it's probably going to be stars, especially if this opens the show. I feel like it's going to be stars getting the win, Mayu perhaps hitting the moonsault on the likes of Ruwaka. Yeah, I totally agree with you, my friend. That's the reason why you want to really, really start building Mayu up. Obviously, she's the icon of stardom. You've been building her up since like 2014. 
but I really get some steam behind her, you know, get a win here. Or maybe they give uh, Hanan a little graduation present and have her uh, get the pinfall here. Uh, either way, I think the Stars team is going to win. And the fact that we may get a little mini versus Mayu versus Momo Watanabe match does my heart good. Mm-hmm. Um, Six-woman tag team match next. Donna Del Mondo team of Micah May Sakurai and Tekla taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa and Wakasukiyama and then Mariah May as well. Obviously, Mariah May, part of Club Venus, not officially part of Cosmic Angels. Um, Matt, I'm going to let you go first on this one because I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. This is a long card. I didn't even, I thought we just had the three triangle derby matches and then uh, the three title matches and then the, the Hashimoto match. See, you educate me, sir. So who's on the DDM team? Tekla? Tekla, May Sakurai, and Micah. Oh, yeah, Mike in there. Oh, uh, I think Mike is going to get the win here. Um, but then again, you have Mina on the other side, you said, right? Yeah. Oh, geez. You know what? Now I say, I see why you didn't say, I don't know. I'm just going to say that Micah gets the win because that's the first thing I went to. And put $0 on that, folks. <laughs> don't go on Don't go on bet DSI or anything. I'm like, Matt said this is what's going to happen. I'm betting my paycheck on it. Please don't. <laughs> um. I'm going to go with Cosmic Angels um, simply because I'm sticking to my guns that Mina Shirakawa is winning the Cinderella tournament. Start booking her strong now. She gets the win, pinning May Sakurai. She's already pinned May Sakurai with the glamorous driver Mina. Have a hit again. Um, and obviously you've got... I know the chances are Wakasuki Yamasi's in the pin here. Um, but I think it'd be a cool little thing to go side by side that Wacker experiences a victory as a member of Club Venus or a satellite member of Club Venus um, with Mina getting the pinfall um, and she can cite that as a reason she doesn't want to go with ah, ah, She gets a little taste. I see. Get a little taste of the good stuff. The grass is greener on the other side with Club Mina over here. I like I like your thinking there, sir. See, I'm probably overthinking this undercard six-woman tag team match. But <laughs> I'm just going to go home and ask my wife, and she's going to give me the correct answer in 20 seconds. I'm like, yeah, that's what we missed. <laughs> yeah, because we watched the product and therefore overthink it. Um. Let's talk through this triangle derby then. So at the moment, the two semifinals that are announced are 7-Up versus Prominence and Avarembo Godzai versus Cosmic Angels. Um, and then obviously whoever wins those two semifinal matches will take uh, will go on to the final later on in the night. Let's start with 7-Up versus Prominence. Um, Matt, who are you going for in that semifinal? Who do I want to win? I want the prominence team to win because I think regardless of the final, will give us a better final. Not that the 7-Up team is uh, any slouch by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the 7-Up team is going to win just because they've been booking them so strong. And then you're going to kind of get some people that are kind of like over the whole 7-Up thing. Like we just saw them win Tag League. They beat the most popular tag team in Stardom and Meltier at the big show at the end of the year. Now they're in the final of the uh, of the Triangle Derby. Mm. So, and I think that's going to be like, we don't care who wins between God, uh, between God's Eye and uh, Cosmic Angels. We just want the other team to win. I think that's what's going to happen. At the same sense, if 7-Up wins, you're pretty much granting them a title shot against uh, the current Artists of Stardom champions. And uh, who wouldn't want to see these two teams run it back? So I'm going to say the 7-Up team wins this and going in, they go into the finals of the, of the greatest triangle derby tournament of all time absolutely absolutely no other triangle derby comes close to this um 
I'm I'm gonna go with you. I mean, Seven Up have been booked incredibly strongly, considering they're not the artist of Stardom Champions. They've come out of the blocks with the best record, the best points tally. Um, you saw a hamstring prominence going into the final because they are already the artist of Stardom Champions. I feel like if the artist of Stardom Champions are beaten in the final, and then the match happens again, I feel like that. I don't know. The climax feels weird if that happens. So I am I am in agreement with you. Seven up are probably going to go through um, in that match. I do think, and I mentioned this when we went through the card last week. I feel that whoever wins the Aberembo God's Eye and Cosmic Angels semi final, which is the next match, wins the tournament by beating Seven up in the final. I just don't see Seven up winning this tournament as well. I imagine. As you mentioned, there are a lot of people who are over the 7-Up thing already, don't feel like they need the Goddess of Star and Belts, even though they're putting on bangers, by the way. Um, but, I don't know. I feel like there'll be a lot of negativity were 7-Up to win it, as well as winning the uh, as well as winning the Tag League. Um, let's talk about that semi-final match, Aberembo God's Eye versus Cosmic Angels. Um, uh, I'm getting Aberembo God's Eye. I had Aberembo Aberembo God's Eye to win the tournament anyway. Um, so I'm gonna say it's gonna be them, and they're gonna beat Seven Up in the final. I know that you are conflicted because Tam. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be Seven Up over Prominence, Aberembo God's Eye over Cosmic Angels, and then Aberembo God's Eye over Seven Up in uh, the final. And then Aberembo Gods, I get the tile shot over prominence. Plus, it means then that we haven't already seen that artist of Stardom Championship match. Yeah, uh, I see your point. I agree with you on mostly everything that you said. I just don't see. I, I I can even see prominence winning this whole thing. Just to be like, it's a first triangle derby. Why wouldn't the champions who just won the belts at the end of the year? Why wouldn't they go over and the whole tournament? And 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 that would if prominence does win this whole thing, it just really puts more of a shine not only on uh on the prominence team but the artists of stardom belts as well but they would be like my third slot to win uh one and two is definitely god's eye and cosmic angels i just don't i do not see this seven up team neo stardom army whatever you want to call them winning this tournament at all um if they do win this tournament it means that you and nene takahashi have incriminating photos of rossi ogawa that's the only <laughs> only thing i can think of but uh yes yeah, far and now cosmic angels beat uh god's eye in the tournament uh two weeks ago so do they you know obviously they're running it back in that match was a banger this one will be as well this it's just so tough it's so tough and i'm gonna say cosmic angels win just because i think what is going to happen is they're gonna really start heating up tam because they need if you're gonna put tam on in the main event over at that big Yokohama uh, arena show you're gonna put her over over the uh the Mercedes Monet match I think you heat up Tam here, and I'm not saying it because we haven't done our bracketology yet, but I think then she wins the Cinderella, and then she challenges for the red belt because this, you know better than me, Rob. The Cinderella usually challenges for the white belt, but it's not written that they can only challenge for the white belt, isn't it? That the, if you win the Cinderella, you get a wish? It's not even said that it needs to be a title shot, Matt. It's just a, it's just a wish. <laughs> I, I think that that's what's going to happen. So I think Tam, I think if you're going to really heat Tam up to be the challenger to Julia at that big show, if that's the way they're going to go. And again, again, I might be overthinking this and we'll talk about it more later when we get to the, uh, the Cinderella, our Cinderella bracketology. I think they win here. They win the whole tournament here. And then Tam wins the Cinderella 
And then that's in the, you really heat Cam up for that match against Julia. And then after she loses to Julia, then her and Atsapoy come back and say, hey, look, we beat you in the final of the Triangle Derby. We're owed a tag title shot. Maybe that's how they get into it. Again, I could be overthinking it. Uh, I'm going to say Cosmic Angels wins this. It's, I'm so torn uh, because it's, I, I can totally see God's Eye, team, uh, God's Eye winning this. And what a better way to really start building Sherry up after losing the uh, World of Stardom Championship than having her part of the first trio to win the first and best ever Triangle Derby Tournament. I don't think there's a wrong answer here, but uh, I'm going to say maybe just to be different than you and uh, my wife who picked uh, God's Eye to win the thing from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, Cosmic Angels wins here and they win the whole thing. Yeah, I am a little torn. I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel, in the words of Natalie Ambrulia. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a tough one, but I do think God's Eye go through, and I do think God's Eye win the entire thing. Um, I don't feel like you gain anything from having Seven Up win it. Um, plus, if Prominence win it, what was you know what was the point in putting the belts on them? Um, I just I feel like whoever wins this challenges Prominence puts on a banger. Um, and I feel like God's Eye would do that. Uh, well, Cosmic Angels would as well, but I love the idea of Suri uh, and Risa Sarah and Suzu Suzuki versus Mirai. It just it, it's what I love in my wrestling. Um, let's move on to these four matches then that are going to close out the card, assuming that the Triangle Derby doesn't go on last. Um, first of all, we've got a singles match, Himika versus Chihiro Hashimoto, as we start on uh, the saddest road, Himika's retirement road. Um, I feel like this has time limit draw stamped all over it, Matt. Oh, look at you. I totally disagree because you're building Hashimoto up for that big match in Yokohama with Sherry. So I think uh, Hashimoto goes over here at a match that is going to be just an absolute slugfest. So, yeah, I think uh, this is to me, this is like if you're like if this when this when I get my predictions and then if I you say, hey, Matt, there's only one match you got right. I to me, it's this one. I think this is a lock with Hashimoto Hashimoto getting the win here, especially you have. Himika retiring. She's not going to gain anything really with a win or a loss. And you need to continue to build Hashimoto up to the non, you know, to, uh, to the stardom audience. Who's only who's really only ever seen her. And that match with Mariah, if you've never seen her stuff in Sendai girls, which is fantastic, but I think you have to keep building her up to that match with Sherry coming up in Yokohama. Interesting. It's a, it, I, I agree with you. I think you're going to have to build Jihiro Hashimoto up. We're going to get that inevitable match with Suri at, um, at Yokohama. I think as well, people want to see Himika. Like, this retirement came out of the blue for every Stardom fan. People want to see Himika. She's going to be massively over in that arena. And I just, I worry that if Hashimoto beats her, people are going to be a little bit dismissive of Hashimoto, which is unfair, um, because Hashimoto's great, as she proved against Mirai. Um, So I think if you give these women 15 minutes, they beat the absolute bejesus out of each other, and then Come 15 minutes, they shake hands, bow, you know, both having earned the other's respect. I feel like that gives you more going into that Suri match. I could be completely wrong. I can see um, Hashimoto winning, um, but I don't know. I feel like there's more in a draw, but that might just be me. Um, and I'm only saying that with certainty because I've got no bloody idea for these two matches, Matt. Um, high-speed championship match, Azumi versus Starlight Kid. Um, uh, the forever rivalry between two of stardom's biggest 
youngsters, biggest prospects, biggest future main eventers. Jesus Christ. Um, Azumi needs one more title defense to break the defense record held by Mayu Iwatani. Azumi needs to get to 10. She's joint on nine with Mayu. She gets that emphatic win over her rival in Starlight Kid. She moves to 10. I think she then loses it to Saki Kashima. That's that's my personal thought. However, and Karen Pearson raised this on the podcast, Starlight Kid is booked incredibly strongly. Like, massively strongly. So I can completely see Starlight Kid winning this. However... I don't feel you gain anything from Starlight Kid winning this. Starlight Kid has been booked incredibly strongly, as I've just said. She can afford to eat a loss here against Azumi. I feel like giving Azumi that record, she's held it for 372 days, I think, at the moment. Um, giving her that record, which she thoroughly deserves, and it's Stardom are very aware of their own records, which is good. I feel like it's just there for Azumi to win. But it's not a lock because it's Starlight Kid and she's booked very well. But I'm going to say 51-49, Azumi wins this and then loses it to Saki Kashima. Um, I totally see your point of view. How cool would a Starlight Kid versus Saki Kashima? Exactly. Incredible. That would be cool. Um. Azumi's going to win for a lot of the reasons why you said, but for the main reason is Azumi has, in about five, six weeks' time, the biggest match of her 30-year career. And the fact that she's been wrestling 30 years and only been on the planet for 20s is crazy. Uh, She's got the biggest match of her life coming up at the first week of April when she's wrestling Mercedes Monet uh, for the IWGP Women's Championship match at Sakura Genesis, which is heavily rumored. That's going to be the match... um, I, you're not going to beat Azumi here. I don't even think she loses it to Saki Kashima. I think she gets her win back from the final night of, uh, fi- of the five-star Grand Prix. I mean, I could see Saki winning it, and then basically you have high-speed uh, high-speed Kishikasai matches, which would be like, don't blink, because this can match can end at any second. So I see the point there. I can see Starlight Kid winning, but I think just based on the fact that they want Azumi to break the record, they just had Saya break the record, which would tell me, Rob, that uh, you have Saya Kamatani breaking the white belt record, correct, which she's already done. You have Azumi breaking the high-speed record, and they both wrestle for the same faction. Stay with me, folks. What faction is it? Queen's Quest. Damn right. Uh, <laughs> but I think Azumi wins just based on uh, the fact that you just, you're going to heat her up for the match with Mercedes. Um, right. This match now, Hazuki versus Saya Kamatani. Oh, Okay, answer me this. Answer me this. <laughs> Sayaka Matani, at the time of recording, is over 400 days into her reign. She's broken the defense record. She is not catching Yuzuki Aikawa. Yuzuki Aikawa's record stands at 600 and something days. They're not keeping the belt on Saya for another 200 days. They're just not. So, the only thing that's remains is who is the person to take it off her okay you have got in my eyes three options you have got Mina Shirakawa and I Mm -hmm. think that is your most likely you've got Starlight Kid 
who they've been slowly but surely sort of building on some unfinished business between Starlight and Saya. And you've got Hazuki, who's got her own very, very in-depth sort of relationship with the White Belt. You're missing one other person, which I think is going to be Saya Kamatani's White Belt defense at Yokohama Arena. Are you going to say Kyrie again? Kyrie. I think because we talked about unfinished business with the white belt. The draw, the whole yeah. Reason, the whole reason why Kyrie singled out Saya when she came back is because I made that white belt famous. You have it. You're doing a great job with it, but I want it. Now that Kyrie is free up, does not have the IWGP uh, Women's Championship. And again, you're looking to put on the biggest matches on this show. Do you go, again, you're, this is another conversation for another day, but we'll kind of just dip our, our foot in the pool. Do you go Saya Kyrie? Or do you go Saya versus Mina? Which you can go Saya versus Mina because Mina, for the you know, especially for the Western audience, uh, you know, in the states that are going to tune into that show to see Mayu versus Mercedes, they're going to see Mina Shirakawa. They're going to see something that, that we don't see on the states—a very charismatic, beautiful woman that'll take your head off with forearms, with kicks, with insiguries, and has great psychology when it comes to working the knee. So it's just like, I, who is this? Like, I have no idea who this Mina is. And that me, the fact that Mina may come away from that show, especially if they put the white belt on her as the most over, you know, wrestler in stardom, especially over here, you know, in the States, that's a possibility. Anywho, uh, I went on a rant here. We'll talk more about that later, but focusing on the Hazuki versus Saya match, there's a, there's a part of me that wants us to go to a time limit draw, but there's already so much on this show that I don't think there it is going to, because it'd have to go 30 minutes, correct? Because it's a title match. Yeah. As much as I would love to see these two wrestle for a time limit draw, I'm going to say 10% is going to be a time limit draw. 30 would be Hazuki, but I'm 60% sure that Sayakamatani retains the title. But I would not be shocked at all if they pull the trigger and go on with Hazuki. But again, how I alluded to earlier on the show, the fact that Hazuki's been getting the better of Saya for this match on what's probably going to be the co-main event of the of this pay-per-view, for her to overcome the odds of just Suzuki just beating the crap out of her the last three or four months. And now, you know, it's the most important match these two are ever going to have. Well, maybe not ever. Maybe there's a red belt match down the line. But I mean, to this date, for Sayakamitani, who basically that's kind of been the tail end of her, her championship run is overcoming the odds, overcoming the odds against Kyrie over to go to the draw, overcoming the odds against uh, against Himika, just getting you know blasted on her head and hit with lariats. It's just like that's what's great about Sai is she's almost when you get to the tail end of her matches, she's almost the underdog. The way she sells and the way that she fights back, and it's like you already have that story going in before they even lock up. So yeah, I'm gonna say Sai Kamatani, but I would not be shocked if Hazuki is the one coming out with the Wonder of Stardom Championship belt. One thing I will say is that if Sai- if Hazuki doesn't get it here, she will at some point, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, if you are to if you're following the train of thought that Kyrie will get the belt off Saya, Kyrie during her 370-day run with the white belt, one of the people she beat was Hazuki. So you could argue that there's a little bit of story there, that there's a redemption arc there for Hazuki to then get the white belt there. I want more than anything Hazuki to win it. I just don't feel like it's her time. You could no, argue... I just think, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, it's all right. I'm just, what does Sayakamatani 
left have left to achieve now with this white belt. For me, she's done all she can. So now it's about elevating that person that's going to take the belt off her. And for me, that's still Mina Shirakawa. That's still the story. And that, in my opinion, is what is happening at Yokohama. I still think that's what's going to happen at Yokohama. Um, so I think that Sai will retain here. I think Hazuki will eventually get that white belt. She is 0-5 for the white belt, like I mentioned before. I wish she was hotter going in. And I wish that Saya didn't have so many open stories with people. Because <laughs> it would make it easier to give the belt to Hazuki now. I just, I don't feel like... I don't feel like if Hazuki won the belt here, we would have that defining... And because it's had such an impact on Mina as well. If it was just a case of, oh, Mina got injured, came back, is the same, you know, she's dancing with Cosmic Angels. It it will be fine. But because it's brought about this change, she's brought in people to create Club Venus, they're obviously heating her up. I feel like that is the story. And I feel like Saya has to have the belt to complete that story arc with Mina. And that's the only reason I don't see Hazuki winning it here, which is a shame. But I do feel like she's eventually going to get that white belt. That is her destiny, in my opinion, to get that white belt. I mean, it would be poetic for her to get it off Kyrie. Obviously, Kyrie having beaten Hazuki for it many, many moons ago, back in 2016. But I think Saya wins it here. I think Saya keeps it here. I think she'll lose it to Mina at Yokohama. But that's just my personal opinion. And we've gone a very long way about <laughs> talking about that. But it's fine, because I imagine this next one, what is at the moment listed as the main event, but I imagine the Triangle Derby match uh, final will be the main event. Um, the World of Stardom Championship match, this is going to be very, very easy to predict, I imagine. Julia versus Mayukihi. Mayukihi's winning, obviously. She's, no, it's Julia. It, it's obviously Julia. I mean, for a start, they're already talking about Julia versus uh, Tam for the red belt at Yokohama. So she's not dropping it to Mayukihi. As well as Mayukihi has been booked, as good as the match is going to be, as much history as there is with Mayukihi, apparently, with Julia and Rossi Ogawa, I still feel Julia is winning this. It's a 99% chance that she's winning. And the only reason it's not 100 is because it's wrestling and there is always a 1% chance that there is a mistake. But Julia is winning this, Matt. Rob, I said a few minutes ago that the uh, if I had one pick to be right, it would be the Hashimoto versus uh, Himika Matt. No, it's this one. And I, I was literally, literally going to say, I don't even have it written down anywhere, so I don't even know where you stole it from. You might be reading my mind that uh, nothing's ever locked in pro wrestling, but yeah, it's a 99% chance because, you know, they, exactly something can go wrong. Somebody can, uh, you know, whatever, regardless. But uh, yeah, it's going to be Julia. It's going to be a great match. This is just, I, Julia is going to rack up a whole bunch of wins. I think she's going to get to 10, 11, 12, 13. I think maybe even if she's champion this time next year, which is a good possibility. We may even be talking about her breaking Io Shirai's record which just uh, breaks my heart even thinking about. But regardless, uh, she's their person to go to. She's fantastic in the ring. She connects great with the audience. She's drawing money. People are talking about her all the time. There's not a day that goes by that I don't have one of my personal friends or one of my wrestling friends that doesn't watch Stardom that is very interested in one wrestler in Stardom. And it's not even Kyrie. 
it's Julia because they're just they see pictures of her, they see her entrance, they see how you know how high rated her matches are. I think Julia might be that 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 next person from Stardom to kind of break on through to a bigger audience, especially the fact that she's going to be in a lot of main events coming up over the next you know eight to fourteen months. Depends on how you know what they want to do with her. But this is just going to be just a, a phenomenal match again. Ninety nine percent chance Julia wins. So yeah, totally agree with you. But really, really looking forward to these two. These two just basically beating the crap out of each other. A lot of beating the crap out of each other on this show. This is going to be a very physical show. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think as well in terms of predictions for this card. Who is walking away with that high speed championship, and who is walking away the first? triangle derby winners is it going to be seven up prominence aberembo god's eye or cosmic angels we will know this time next week and speaking of next week we will be back same time same place to talk about stardom in showcase volume four and to talk about the main event the triangle derby finals review from yo yogi national stadium and i know it's yo yogi but I'm just going to say yo Yogi because it makes me laugh. Um, but yes, thank you guys for listening. We've come to the end of the episode. We massively appreciate all your support. Thank you so, so much. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podcatcher, po- uh, Podcast Addict, uh, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Um if you're already a part of our Patreon, thank you so much. We could not do this without you. However, if you aren't, maybe consider going to have a look. www.patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. Loads of cool things for as little as a dollar a month. Um, check out the website www.thestardomcast.com for title histories, archived episodes of the podcast, all the information you need to enjoy stardom as well as the ongoing archive on match guide. Um, you can find us on Twitter at, at the stardom cast. If you want to talk to me, I'm at, at the real Rob Goodwin. Um, Matt, plug your social medias, good son, and then good son. I'm a good friend. Oh, there wow. we go. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> plug your socials. Good sir let's go with that um and then sign us off my friend <laughs> absolutely brother always a pleasure talking to you my friend and i'll actually see you in about 24 hours as uh we'll be conducting our interview with my good friend miss allison danger so really looking forward to that but yes if you need to get a hold of me any questions comments anything that i can do for you uh suggestions just let me know matt turner of on the twitter and or the instagram if you want to shoot me an email that's fine as well the Stardomcast22 at gmail.com will do it. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic episode. Thank you, everybody, so much for the support. Really, really means the world to us. Uh, just gives us fuel of the fire to make this podcast better each and every time that me and Rob uh, get a crack at the bat over here. So as I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. <laughs>